The Edge is copyright 2006 by Scott Wittenberg. To learn more about this and other novels by the author, please visit scottwittenberg.com. And be sure to check out The Mayday Murders, another free podcast currently available by Scott Wittenberg. Chapter 13, Part 1 Adam sat on the railing and took one last look at the river that flowed below him. There was something tranquil and serene about the pitch-black waterway as he considered the fate awaiting him within it. Peace at last, no more despair, eternal sleep, nothing but beautiful everlasting sleep. He stepped down onto the very edge, supporting himself by grasping the railing with his hands from behind. The black current seemed to be flowing even more swiftly as he peered down. He could feel his palms beginning to sweat, and noticed his breathing getting heavier. His heart was pounding fast and erratically as he felt the blood rushing through his temples in irregular surging whooshes. It's now or never, he thought to himself. Carefully, he crouched down as low as possible. Then, after a brief moment of hesitation, he sprung out from the ledge as far as he could. He felt the air rushing against his body as he plummeted downward toward the swift current below. He kept his eyes shut, and the only sensation he was aware of was the sound of the wind blowing in his ears. It whined softly at first, then intensified as he continued his ascent. He calculated the moment of impact with the water and began bracing himself for it. Any moment now, he thought. He began stiffening his legs and tucking in his arms as he awaited the imminent contact with the icy cold water. He could feel his body gathering speed. He continued falling and falling and falling, and... Adam opened his eyes. All he could see was total blackness. He looked below him, expecting to see the swift current of the East River. He saw nothing but absolute darkness. It was as if the earth had suddenly opened up, and he was falling into an enormous, bottomless wind tunnel. And he was falling faster and faster into it. In a fit of desperation, he began flailing his arms wildly, as if the action would slow him down. But it was to no avail. He continued descending relentlessly, and the roar of the wind in his ears became almost deafening. After several moments of plunging mercilessly into darkness, Adam suddenly began seeing several fleeting images that appeared from out of nowhere. At first, they were just blurs of light and color, but eventually they became distinct and crisply rendered. The first of the images he could conceive was a highway sign looming over him in the darkness that read, New York, Lincoln Tunnel with an arrow pointing to the right. The image segued swiftly into another one. It was another highway sign that read, I-80 East, New York City, 100 miles. The image faded out swiftly. Total darkness was all he was aware of for the next few moments. Adam continued flailing his arms in utter terror and absolute helplessness, as a thought suddenly occurred to him. He was going to hell. He had committed the ultimate sin, and now he was being punished for it. He had committed suicide, and now the devil himself was eagerly awaiting him at the bottom of this God-forsaken wind tunnel of death. But he didn't want to go to hell. All he wanted was to die, to cease to live. Oh, God, he thought, please don't let me fail at this, too. Another thought occurred to him. Maybe he was already in hell, and this was how he was going to spend the rest of eternity, just falling endlessly and helplessly into black nothingness. At the prospect of this, he suddenly prayed out loud for salvation and forgiveness, but as he did so, he realized that it was too late for prayers. 
his fate was sealed. Eventually, a long series of crystal-clear images appeared in the darkness in swift staccato sequences. Due to their rapidity, Adam could only make out a few. They were various scenarios and occurrences throughout his life, in reverse sequence. The first one he was able to recognize was the recording studio in the basement of his apartment back in Ohio, where his old band was practicing furiously and tirelessly. Next, he saw his room in the college dormitory where he had written so many of his songs. Then came his high school commencement. After that, the very first band he'd ever played in, doing their first gig at Janie's birthday party. Next, his parents presenting him with his first guitar on his 13th birthday. Finally, the Beatles appearing on the Ed Sullivan Show on television, that fateful Sunday night when his dream began. Suddenly, blackness again. Then he saw a face. It was a man's face, and Adam felt as though he had seen him before but he couldn't remember where or when. He was very old and had a long white beard. His eyes twinkled with vitality as he smiled at Adam through the darkness. He was talking to someone beside him who wasn't clearly visible. Adam could only make out one word, Tarez, something about Tarez. An eerie feeling came over him as the old man's face slowly dissolved into darkness. Then the images began repairing again, and Adam could feel himself falling faster and faster. The images occurred in forward sequences, like watching a film in fast-forward mode, until they finally became just a solid blur of static and color. His ears started popping, and he could feel the wind gradually subsiding. He was slowing down. Suddenly, he became aware of millions of twinkling lights in the darkness of space. Then, he blacked out. The next thing he knew, he was on the ice. There was a crisp chill in the air, and it felt good as he glided smoothly along the edge of the lake, the sound of his skates echoing dully off the snow-covered banks. It was snowing lightly now, and he could see the flurries dancing hypnotically in the air as he began skating toward the center of the lake. Although it was night, visibility was excellent from the light being reflected off the ice and the freshly fallen snow. Adam loved Wolf Den Lake. He loved all of Shawnee Force, for that matter for it was what he considered to be Smithtown, Ohio's only saving grace. He knew that he could always retreat to its natural beauty whenever the boredom or frustration of living in the little river town got to be too much to bear, no matter what the season, and tonight it was totally enchanting in its winter cloak. He neared the center of the lake and began skating backwards, digging the toe end of his hockey skates into the ice and propelling off them in smooth, steady strides. Behind him, he could see the flames of the fire he had built dancing in the snow-shrouded branches of the trees along the shore. With a sigh of absolute contentment, he began skating his way toward it, occasionally switching to a forward stride along the way. When he approached the tree-lined bank of the lake, he could hear music coming from the tape deck in his VW bug, echoing crisply throughout the frozen night air. It was a song from the new Beatles album he had just bought the day before, and it was definitely their best album yet, if that was possible. But then, all of their albums were the best, and this one just seemed superior because it was something new and fresh. He knew that years from now, all of their albums would be regarded as classics, and trying to argue that one was any better than another would be like comparing an apple to an orange. Each album had its own characteristic taste and all of them were incomparably delicious. He located his beer sitting on the ice about a dozen yards from the snowy bank and slowed down just long enough to swoop it up with a gloved hand. 
Then he turned around sharply and began making his way toward the north side of the Sylvan skating rink, taking an occasional swig of the near-frozen crystallized brew. Adam was in total euphoric bliss as he darted deftly in and out of the natural obstacle course created by the embedded tree limbs jutting out from the surface of the ice. He enjoyed the quiet solitude and sheer beauty of the winter night, and his body glowed in warmth in spite of the cold. Yes, he decided to himself in amusement. The others just don't know what they're missing. This is much better than staying inside and watching television. Much better. He began wondering what it was that made him seem different from the rest of the other kids in town. He had always been a bit of a loner all of his life, reveling in solitude and his aspirations for the future. He wasn't a hermit by any means, but many were the times when he would opt to be alone rather than engage in the usually boring social activities that occasionally happened in town. These happenings were always the same, the same old crowd and the same old cliques doing the same old thing. No, he decided, there had to be more to life than that. If he could just hold out long enough, some day he could fulfill his dreams and be something other than just an ordinary person. He wouldn't have to work at some hack job just for the sake of paying the bills for the rest of his life. He wouldn't have to be an underling, taking orders from someone higher up than he. He wouldn't have to get married and raise kids in this miserable, economically deprived hellhole of a town. No, by God, he was going to be a success. Some day in the future, he would get the right band together and they would make it to the top. They would spend their time in the studio making singles and albums and touring the frigging world. Hell, they might even be as big as the Beatles. Well, maybe not that big, but at least somewhere close. It was possible, wasn't it? One thing was for sure. He would never know if he didn't try. He was just going to have to hang in there and see what happened. It may take years, but that was okay. Death would be the only thing that stopped him. Adam veered around another tree-limb obstacle and headed out toward the center of the lake. It was starting to snow harder now, but the surface of the ice was still excellent for skating due to a steady breeze that was blowing the white powder into harmless little drifts along the nearly glass-like surface. He picked up his pace a little and began skating in broad sweeping curves around the little trailing drifts of snow. As he neared the center of the lake, Adam took in the total panorama of this winter setting and marveled at its incredible beauty and splendor. On either side of the lake, he could see the towering oaks, beech, and evergreens, their branches all but obscured in white snow and resembling huge tufts of cotton against the night sky. The trees continued all the way up the hillsides surrounding the valley and eventually blended into the remainder of the forest. Ahead of him, he could see nothing but snow-laden trees beyond the edge of the lake and the hazy horizon of the sky above them. Just to the east of this, the lake made a gradual bend and continued for a short distance before finally terminating into a small creek. With a euphoric sigh and another swig of his ice-cold beer, Adam headed toward the bend. As he glided along the ice, Adam began thinking about his future again. There was more to his dream, of course, than just becoming a successful musician. There was a girl, too. She would be beautiful, intelligent, witty, and charming. And most importantly, she would be in love with him, and he would be in love with her. Some day he would meet and marry her, and their union would be perfect. They would have a couple of beautiful children and live happily ever after. But all that would happen much later in his life, after he had gotten his career completely together. How could it happen any other way? 
He had to be totally free to pursue his career. It was something he had to take on himself and struggle through by himself. He could never put anyone else through the inevitable hardship and struggling he was certainly setting himself up for. After all, he would most likely be virtually penniless up until the time he finally became a success. He would be the classic starving artist. Nope, he decided. He just couldn't subject anyone to that kind of life. So the dream girl, marriage, children aspect of his dream would just have to wait. Besides, the mere thought of marriage seemed absolutely ludicrous now. There was way too much living to be done. All things in time. Adam was about thirty yards from the bend. He slowed himself down somewhat and gazed around once again at the beautiful wintry landscape, trying to imagine if anything could be more beautiful or perfect than tonight was. He realized that he could think of nothing. Then he chuckled to himself as he thought, Unless, of course, some beautiful girl was here with you, you loner son of a bitch. After dismissing this whimsical notion as being way too much to ask for, he took another gulp of beer and started racing toward the tree-lined curve. When he was about ten yards from the curve, Adam slowed down to a steady stride. He suddenly became aware of a sound coming from behind him. At first he thought the sound was the echo of his skates reverberating off the lake, but he realized the sound was plainly out of sync with the pace at which he was skating. Just as he coasted around the bend, he could hear the steady clip-clop sound persisting from somewhere near the middle of the lake. Adam stopped abruptly. He turned around and trained his eyes to look through the trees that were now partially obscuring his view of the rest of the lake. At first he could see nothing but the blowing snow and white vastness. Then he spotted some movement about seventy-five yards away. Peering intently, he could barely make out the shape of someone out on the ice. Quickly, he skated back toward the bend for an unobstructed view. Adam couldn't believe his eyes. Someone was skating out toward him. Two questions raced through his mind as he stood and stared at the figure approaching him. One was, how did this person get here? He would have definitely seen a car coming down the only road that led to the lake, yet he hadn't seen a thing. The main highway leading to the forest was over eight miles away, and no one could walk that distance on a night like this. The other question was, who could it be? He didn't have an inkling. The figure continued skating toward him. 